0: Welcome of course to Mosaic. Merry Christmas to you. I want to uh, begin our our time here just asking you a question. Here's my question for you on on Christmas Eve. What do you wonder? What do you wonder? You know Christmas time and rightfully so is often times called the season of wonder and if uh, you're fortunate enough to have a child in your house tonight or tomorrow morning you get a little glimpse of what uh, Christmas wonder is all about as a matter of fact my my daughter this morning when she got up she came out of her room with big wide eyes and her first words for the day were Christmas Eve <laughs> for her first words he's given us a little glimpse there of what wonder is and whether you're you're here and you're a a Christian and you believe that the ability to wonder is something that God gave people or if you're you're here and you're not a Christian and you're not a theist someone drug you here tonight some someone like your kids drug you here or your your parents drug you here we're glad you're here but maybe that's you and you think well we just sort of have it that we just have this thing called wonder there's no reason for but regardless of of where you're coming from the fact is that we all have as people as human beings we all have the ability to wonder what do you wonder Uh, maybe some of us have some wonder ifs we have some wonder ifs like maybe you wonder if you're going to be able to make that credit card bill payment when it comes due in january sorry for the reminder yeah or maybe some of you wonder if Some crazy madman and some nation is going to press a button and begin to start something we can't come back from. Maybe some of you wonder if that story that you heard our, uh, our kids share a moment ago, you, sometimes you, you wonder if that story really isn't true. Maybe as you grew up, you, you heard it was true, but then you, you grew up in a church, and maybe as you grew, you began to wonder if it was really too good to be true, right? Or maybe they, that church couldn't answer your question, or those people there hurt you. You saw the hypocrisy of those people in that place, and as you began to grow and you wondered if you began... To wander away maybe some of you don't have wonder if some of you have wonder why is you wonder why people are so angry all the time these days what's up with that right. maybe you, some of you you wonder why people can be so selfish or so cruel some of you wonder why if god's supposed to be real and supposed to love people why those bad things happen to you or to him her or them. Maybe some of you don't have wonder ifs or wonder why. Some of you have wonder hows. You wondered how in the world they could have voted for him. Or could have voted for her. Or how they voted for this party or that party. Some of you wonder how you're going to make ends meet in the new year. See we have wonder ifs. We have wonder whys. We have wonder hows. And I think underneath every kind of wonder really is a kind of a search of a search I think that wonder is kind of like the search bar of the soul and whether you wonder if you're ever going to get married or wonder why you're in the place you are you wonder how in a world you're ever going to pay for your kid's college <sighs> somebody said amen to that one <laughs> underneath every kind of wonder is a kind of a search. And that search is a search for something that I think people, that human beings have been searching for forever. And I think that search, that wondering, really is a search for hope. I think when we wonder, we're really searching for hope because when you're, when you're going through it, you're hoping. When you're, when you're wondering if things are going to turn better, you're hoping that they will. You're hoping that things break better for you in the year, not break bad like they did last year. You're, when you're wondering if you're really going to make it, you're hoping that the, the finances come through or that your family comes together or that that child comes home or that your marriage makes it underneath all the wondering ifs, hows, and whys. We're really searching for hope. For the next few minutes, I want to try to show you how the God of the Bible has been trying for thousands of years to give us the hope I think we're really all searching for when we wonder. About 600 years before the first Christmas, before the the birth of that Jewish Baby in Bethlehem, the Jewish people, you see, were wondering. The Jewish people were wondering if they had any future at all. Because for centuries they had believed that they were God's people, God's special people, God's chosen people. And for good reason, because no other nation had received God's laws, had received God's word like they had. No other nation had been miraculously delivered from slavery like they had. No other nation had survived time and again against the odds because of God's hand and protection and god had even promised him that their nation would endure for forever and that someone from the line of their greatest king someone named david that someone from that line would rule and reign forever god promised him that their line and their nation would never ever end but somehow Despite all of that, the people of God began to turn their their backs on him and they believed that somehow because they had the temple of God and his presence in their nation, that that thing worked like a a good luck charm for them and they could live however they wanted to because they thought like a good luck charm that that king and that throne and that temple and that presence would always protect them no matter what and god he raised up messenger after messenger he said to them people called prophets and those messengers would warn them that god was not pleased with how they were living they would say things to them like god is not pleased with how you exploit the poor in your midst and you've always advantaged the wealthy God is not pleased with how you forget to care for the widow and the orphan in your midst. How you reject the immigrants that he sends you. God is not pleased with all the injustices that go unaddressed year after year and decade after decade. God is not pleased with how you use your bodies or how you use your money. He created all things and owns even those. And those people... They didn't want to hear what those messengers had to say. And they began to shout, literally shout the messengers down with these words. They began to shout, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, as if to say, because that thing still stands, because we've still got our rabbit's foot, our lucky charm. We're invincible. God always has to protect us no matter what we do. But then the unthinkable happened. About 600 years before that first Christmas, before that Jewish baby boy was born. The Babylonians, once the great superpower of a the day, they came through and they destroyed the Jewish temple and they took Judah's last king and they deported him and they took his sons with them and the Babylonians, King Nebuchadnezzar, put to death those sons and then he gouged out the eyes of Judah's last king. So that the last thing, the last king of Judah ever saw were his own sons being put to death. And the Babylonians deported the intelligentsia, the cultural elite of the nation of Israel. And they began to brainwash their children, systematically educate them in the culture, and the values, and the language of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar put to death the remainder of Israel, allowing only a small and impoverished group of people to survive, so that when anyone wandered through that desolate, desolate place once called Israel, and they asked, what happened to you? They could answer, this is what happens to all those who defy and resist the King of Babylon. The temple was destroyed, and a line of kings had gone out, and they wondered, huh, they wondered if God was real, if He really loved them. They wondered why? these awful things that happened to them and they wondered how in the world God's promises to them could ever come true they were like many of us they were like a family a family whose light was dying whose hope was going out whose future looked to be cut off and God looked at them in the middle of the mess that they had brought on themselves and said do you know what you look like oh you're like a stump That's what you're like. You're like a stump. You were once like a tree that grew tall, that blossomed and flourished. You were once like a tree, but now you've been cut down and laid low like a stump. And he said through his messengers, through the prophets, people like Isaiah, he said, Oh, but it's even worse than that. Because you're not just like a stump, you haven't just been cut down, you're like a stump. Oh, that's been burned. You're like a burned and scorched stump that nothing can grow out of. Hope doesn't just look unlikely for you. Hope looks impossible for you. You've been chopped down and burned. That's what the family of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David has become in the world. Chopped and burned. But then... In the middle of all of their wondering if God was real, why these things had happened to them, how his promises could ever come true. But God began to speak to them again through another messenger, another prophet, someone named Zechariah. And Zechariah had a new mes- message for them, a message of hope. And Zechariah said, one day God is going to do something new. That's what God says. And that's something new is going to be someone new. There's a kind of a, a branch, a twig that's going to sprout up. There's going to be like a, like a branch man God's going to send that's going to grow and shoot out of the burned stump of your family. And in the book that Zechariah wrote, this was God's message to that chopped down family of Israel 600 years before the first Christmas. And that Jewish baby boy was ever born. God said to them, He said, Listen, high priest Joshua, you and your associates seated before you, you who are men symbolic of things to come. I am going to bring my servant, the branch. And this is what the branch man would do. The branch man said, He will branch out from his place, He will build the temple of the Lord, He will restore your hope. See, Zechariah was telling them something so, at the same time, reassuring and mind-blowing that they didn't even get it. Zechariah was saying that God's solution to all the burn down, chopped down families, hopes, and lives of the world wasn't a new law, wasn't a new commandment, wasn't a new book, wasn't a new theology. God's solution was a person a person and that person would like a tiny shoot he'd shoot up from the the chopped down burned down family of israel that he would be something the world had never seen before something that that only the kings and the priests were like symbolic of they had tried to be but they could never have become and that this shoot this branch man would be the hope not just of israel but of the whole world the whole world the people, oh, they hung on the Zachariah's words and they waited and they waited and generations came and generations went. And then one day it happened right in the middle of that little chopped and burned down nation. A tiny shoot grew up out of that burned down stump. A tiny baby was born and that baby became what every other leader in his family had tried to be but could never become. He was a a kind of a priest because he carried the people's burdens and he didn't turn away from facing their pain. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with griefs. He was a kind of a prophet who didn't shrink from speaking truth to power and who held leaders accountable for all the ways they abused their position neglected to care for the people under their watch. And he was a kind of a king whose hands healed whatever he touched, brought wholeness wherever he went. His name was Jesus, another Joshua, whose name literally meant salvation, But something happened to that branch, man. That branch man himself was cut down, chopped down, hung on two other chopped down stumps of trees. He was crucified. Jesus was crucified and killed and died. And the people wondered again, what would happen to them? What would happen to us? Has God forgotten us again? They began to wonder once more, oh, but this time, uh, this is the good part. The world didn't have to wait for centuries for the answer. It only waited three days because the branch man shot back up, not just out of the burned step of one nation, but out of the ground of the whole world. Jesus was raised to life, becoming even a kind of a, a greater Zechariah. Because Zechariah's name means, you see, God remembers. God remembers remembers and when the people saw jesus the branch man alive again they didn't have to wonder anymore whether or not god really loved them or could bring light out of darkness or life out of death the branch man himself chopped down but brought back to life proves once and for all that god never forgets god always remembers his promises and here's why this is so important for you. And if you've, if you've checked out on me along the way and you have just endured this part, please just come back for the next 60 seconds because this is what it's all coming towards tonight. This is important for you to hear because it's a reminder again that Christianity did not begin with a book. It didn't begin with a church. It didn't begin with a, a theology or a group of people or who's in or who's out. It began with a person. It began with a person, a person so vulnerable. So vulnerable, his heavenly father, his daddy, named him like Twig Boy. Boy, you're so vulnerable. Branch Man, you're so fragile. You can easily be chopped down and cut down, and he was. But he was so powerful at the same time that cutting and burning and chopping couldn't even stop him. And if you've come in the night, either far from this Jesus. You get hung up on science. You get hung up on the story. You get hung up on Genesis. This is reminding you, it's about that stuff, but it's really about way, something way beyond that, something deeper than that, something more profound and simple than that. It's about a person that God has sent. And maybe your faith has been damaged because of that that class you took or that that book you read or that thing someone said to you or that person on television that looks ridiculous. But I'm telling you, it's not about any of that. And I want you to consider maybe, just maybe, that God isn't done with you yet. That maybe, just maybe, Christmas Eve of all times, that Jesus can again, like a little twig, come up from a burned down stump of your faith or your life or your family. Wanting to let you know that no matter how far you feel, no matter what you've done, those people did, he's that close to you, that close to you. That when you're a part of his family, his family always comes back to life. They always come back to life. And that's been my story and the story of this church at Mosaic. And like him, you can become new and I think final thought I think the reason that we wonder at Christmas any wonder we ever experience at Christmas is because we're really all wondering if a hope like that can really be true we're wondering if it's really too good to be true if that hope could really be true for us and I want you to know that when you look at the birth of the branch man Jesus Christ you can know It's true for you. Friends, for all who search, for all who wonder, there's Christmas. There's Christmas. May it be true for your hearts tonight and for forever.